Are you ready to get the support you need for your author career and life? Join international indie bestseller Angela J. Ford and fantasy author Stephanie Wabwa as they talk all things writing, publishing, and the real life of an indie author. Welcome to the Indie Author Lifestyle Show. Living your best indie life starts here. Hello and welcome to the Indie Author Lifestyle Show. We are here for episode 16, which we have a very fun topic for our listeners. But first off, Stephanie, what's going on in your world? How was your week? Hey, Angela, what's up? So I'm good, doing really good. We are officially just cruising through January. It's, it's officially back to normal status, you know, like any holiday jitters are long gone. So now she's like, all right, we're back in the game. So I am editing. I'm actually towards the end of editing. Last episode, I said it was a novelette. <laughs> and the, wait, there's more. It's actually a novella. So um, I'm excited about it, though. It's really, really fun. Like when you can read your own work and be like, cap, you know, captivated and just like enthralled by what you've written, you know, you're in a good place. So I'm really excited. I'm enjoying the story. I am towards the end of editing. I have just a little bit more. Got to tweak that. And then I'm sending it off to betas. Once I do that, then I am pivoting to another story. I've already begun um, what I call just what I just is brain dumping for that. And I call it, you know, like my what if time, right? So I just dump in as many what if questions I can have because that's how I stimulate ideas. So I'm going to be pivoting, working on that as I give my betas some time to, you know, handle that and then they'll get it back to me. And so that's just what I'm focusing on is finishing up edits on the novella and then moving on to another story that I'm hoping will be a standalone, but it might turn out to be a bigger child. We shall see. (laughs) And what about you? What you've got going on? Oh, fun. That definitely sounds like a lot of fun. And I love it when you get to that point as a writer where you absolutely love your work and your words that you're putting out and you know that that passion will carry across and your readers are going to pick up on that. Sounds like that's exactly where you're at, which is exciting. And I also like hearing about your process because it's just so different from mine and which is fun. And I like that just because our processes are different. It it's really cool, but and it's unique, but we both get it done and we make it happen. And so that's excellent. And that's uh, just something for our listeners to hear. You know, your process might be different from someone else's and that is absolutely fine. You know, you make sure you're, you're doing your best work and you're doing what works well for you and that helps you get those words out and bring those ideals to life. And so for me, I am working on, well, I'm just always working on all the things, but I've been really focusing on getting back into like the groove of writing daily. Yeah. Cause I just took a break in December just from writing and doing all the things. And so I've been focusing in on just making sure my word count is about 2000 or more words a day and making sure that happens. And I've been using the website for the words, which I'll include a link to that in the show notes. But I've been using that to really help me uh, with my writing sprints that I've been doing like one to two writing sprints a day just to make it happen. And it's been really fun. And I'm working on like three different novels right now. But the one I'm having the most fun with is for, um, well, I actually don't know what it's about or anything yet. I keep like outlining it and it keeps changing. But I hired a 
design a designer to start in March with the covers. This is supposed to be a trilogy, so I feel like I should get it together so that I know what to tell her in March. <laughs> and that, that's not it for me. <laughs> See, I just, I wish I could be so spontaneous and adventurous, right? <laughs> but um, that would stress me out. I just... <laughs> I don't think I'd be able to handle it because March would come around and I'd be like, um, maybe it's about pirates. Maybe it's about sirens. Maybe it's about griffins. I have no idea. I'm so sorry. Give me like two more weeks, please, please, please. Like I'd be that person where the designer would be like, you're wasting my time. Like, like I just, I wouldn't be able to do it, but I think that's awesome. I'm excited for it. I know it's going to be awesome. I mean, I'm excited because I think you and I are both doing like different things with our stories. Like the books that we're writing, they're not the typical, like if it's Faye, it's not what most readers expect of Faye. If it's like elves, it's not what readers expect of elves. If it's, if it's dragons or angels or anything like that, it's not like my stories, my main, my big series, it's all about angels. And it's, I don't, it's different. <laughs> you know, readers are going to read it and be like, whoa, I, okay, okay, this is what we're doing. Cool. <laughs> so I'm excited for it because I know whatever it's going to be, it's going to be different. And I think a lot of us fantasy readers, we're just, we're hungry for a, just a good original fantasy. Obviously, nothing major is new under the sun, but you can always take something and make it your own and you know make it original and make it new and so I'm really excited for that yeah that's that's just like the fun part of writing it just feels like going on an adventure and the fact that we're both doing something that's a little bit different and not what is what might be expected for readers kind of just leads into our topic for today which is dreaming big and taking risks. And that's something that we can both talk about is just with our storylines and just the fact that they're a little bit outside of the box. I think that's something that readers will pick up on and it could be a risk. It could go really well or it could completely flop. So I don't know. It's just fun stuff to talk about. But I think our topic for today is really to be really encouraging and motivating for our listeners here, uh, just to really encourage you to go for the things that you're thinking about and to kind of get past just being frozen with indecision, but just go for it to make it happen. Yeah, no, I agree. You know, we're kicking off, well, we're no longer kicking off the year. The year has been kicked off. I mean, I hope for all of our listeners, you've already kicked off your year. <laughs> okay. But, um, you know, we're, we're in this new year year we're in this new month we're in this new decade and a lot of times we can start off with such a frenzy i need to do all the things i need to i need to have this in order and that in order and then we can sometimes forget why we're doing what we're doing we can sometimes forget um where we want to go and what it is is that we want to achieve we can sometimes get so bogged down with imposter syndrome or trying to be like other authors who we either look up to or we think are our competition and we want to be better than them <laughs> and we think that we need to be better than them hint we don't there's room for all of us at the table you know but um you know, all of that can go on and we can forget our whys, you know, and so um, I'm glad for this episode just for our listeners to just take, have this reminder that, 
you know, get grounded in yourself and dream, you know, and recognize what are those dreams? Like, what do you want to do? Um, lately, I've just been hearing just from multiple resources, whether, uh, you know, sources, whether it's, you know, social media, whether it's video or podcasting or just conversations with friends. It's like, where are you? You know, what do you want to do? You know, you don't need to be the next JK Rowling or whomever. You want to be the first you, right? You know, Simone Biles quoted that and like the world went wild. She was like, no, I don't want to be the next um, Michael Phelps. I think it was that they were comparing her to. She was like, no, I don't want to be the next Michael Phelps. I'm going to be the first Simone Biles, you know? And so as authors, you know, that's something that we ought to take in our minds is, okay, what do I want to do? What do I want to write? What kind of stories do I want to write and I found myself I'll I'll go ahead and share that I found myself asking that lately you know what messages do I want to share you know what story do I want to tell not in the sense of like oh I want to write about angels <laughs> you know like that's so what I'm talking about what I'm talking about is like I want to share stories about hope I want to share stories about light conquers darkness it gets really dark it gets really hard your back gets up against the wall but somehow some way it is the human tenacity and grit that still finds a way out of that and we still conquer right and so it's like when you get to the heart of that then everything else becomes a bit easier because no matter how difficult it becomes or no matter you know how if tech gets annoying or if you know you invested a hundred dollars and like the ads went nowhere even when there's flops like that you remember your why and you keep going anyways because you realize okay well even if i don't get a dime for this i love this too much to not do it you know i was watching David Baldacci's masterclass. He is a thriller, right? Thriller, suspense writer, something like that. And um, he he was saying how writers around the world ask him all the time, you know, what would you do if you didn't have writing? And he was like, I can't think of that because I can't think of not writing. And I thought about that, and I was like, that's true. Like, I can't think of not storytelling I can't think of like my your world is processed through stories right and so I think like if we remember why we do this and we remember what stories at the heart of it like the messages and the themes that we're trying to share it'll carry us through regardless and it and because of that then we'll pursue dreams we'll take risks we won't get you know, knock down and stay down. Well, you know, okay, well, it didn't work. Nobody wants to read my stories. I'm not going to continue. No, you'll keep going because you have that, you have that inner, that inner tenacity and that voice inside that is like, no, you have to keep going. There's someone else out there just like you waiting for this. You have to keep going. So actually that's a great takeaway that going back to, to the beginning and why you want it to write. And then also what messages that you want to come across in your stories. That is a very powerful message and a powerful thing to do, not only for yourself, but also for your readers. Like when you are centered and you know why you're writing and why you're starting and why you want those stories to come across and those powerful messages that you want to share. I think it makes a big difference. And I think those are the stories that readers read and then they go back to and they kind of just have to just sit with it for a little while because it is something that is that, that strong and that amazing. And for me, I think one of the lessons that I learned in 2019 was to really 
not focus so much on what everyone else is doing. And this is a tricky one because with marketing, it's really important to take a look at what other people are doing and kind of see what marketing strategies they're using, what tactics and read up on it and just really know what what's going on, uh, especially in your genre. But I'm also finding that I have to balance that a little bit more and not spend a lot of time looking at other people's like income reports or what their marketing strategies that are just so deep and convoluted and just so full of math and just uh, comparison to, to all these other different things that I just need to simplify things for myself and really focus on the joy and what I love about writing, what makes it fun. And it is true that I do make money off of my writing. 2019 wasn't as big a year for income wise as 2018 was. And I think about that and that's something that kind of is something that makes me feel down a little bit. Um, but then I also remind myself that I couldn't pour into my books in the same way because I was doing my wedding and stuff like that. So just a reminder that I have different priorities um, than I did in 2018. And that is absolutely fine. And it does bring me a lot of joy to have those different priorities. And I'm not all like engrossed and enthralled in writing a hundred percent of the time, which is completely okay. And I think that's something that, I don't know, like sometimes I feel with authors that it can be all or nothing. Like either you're writing and you're bringing out something every single month or, you know, you're not really a full-time career author. You're just kind of taking your time about things. And I've been really focusing more on the balance of you know, being a career author and not letting myself get overwhelmed with all the things that other people are doing with their marketing and writing and just really focusing more on staying true to myself and making sure that I really enjoy what I'm doing. And I mean, so far this year with everything I've been writing, it's been really fun. And I think I started realizing more of, um, you know, just bring the joy back to writing just like towards the end of 2019. And so that's one reason I took a break from my Legend of the Nameless One series, just because writing that third book was so difficult. And it got to the point where it just wasn't as fun as I wanted it to be. Well, except for the ending. The ending was so much fun to write. That was amazing. <laughs> but the rest of it, it was just kind of like, oh, what should I do now? Oh, yeah. Okay. This is what's happening. Let's go. And then I take a break, come back the next day and be like, okay, something amazing happened. What's next? Just... I just want to get up in the morning and sit down to write and just love what I'm doing and not stop thinking about it because I'm so excited. And that joy has come back. And I've realized that, you know, for me, it is finding that balance and not being on social media as much, but doing more things with my family, just being offline more, as strange as that sounds. In, in this age where, you know, we're, we're online and we're being social all the time, um, I've Actually, I'm spending so much less time on social media and it's made me so much happier, actually. And so I guess that would be my key takeaway is to, you know, not only make sure that you're writing for you, but remember to bring the joy back into it. Make sure that you're having fun with it because if it's something that's tedious and you're struggling with it and you're feeling depressed about it, like you might need to take a break and just like step back and think about what you're doing and what you really want to be doing and what you can do to cut out the things that are making it not fun and bring the joy back. 
Yeah, no, I agree. I think that's super awesome. You know, with what you've just said, I think the biggest thing for me, you know, taking away from that is <laughs> um, don't, you don't have to do what everyone else is doing. Yes, there are popular trends. Yes, there are some solid marketing um, strategies that are carrying a lot of authors forward. We can learn from them. We can glean from them. But I, I think one thing that I recognized in 2019, because I, I took multiple hiatuses and it affected even my writing. And so, and I realized that happened because I got so bogged down with focusing on what everyone else was doing, marketing, public. I, I know of some authors who publish once a month every single month back to back. And so then I started looking at how many books they had published and like how well they were doing and you know how they were ranking in Amazon and all of these different things. And because I could not keep up with that because my stories required you know, more time. My stories required a lot more digging. My stories required a lot more trial and error. I wrote I stopped. I wrote, I stopped. I wrote, I stopped. And every time I learned more about my characters, I learned more about the message. I learned more about the heart of the story and what I'm really trying to tell. And so I realized that you really have to get to a place where you learn from others, but not to the point where you're comparing yourself and then you drown your own self in the seas of imposter syndrome. And then you think that you're not good enough. You think that you're not capable. You think that, you know, I had reached a place where I didn't even call myself an author. I, I stopped telling people that I was writing. I mean, I was, <clears throat> but I stopped telling them that I was writing, what I was writing. I like, I pulled away because I was like, oh, I'm not like so-and-so. I can't keep up. So I'm clearly not able to be in this space yet once I have all of this stuff figured out I can reintroduce myself and I realized that that's not a thing like you don't need to do that you just have to pace yourself right we're all in different journeys we can all be in the same book but being completely different chapters being completely different sentences of that chapter Uh, you know like we can just be in different places and so um just not comparing yourself is a big deal because when you start to do that, then that affects even how you dream, right? And dreaming is honestly kind of like the fuel of what we do. You know, we want to be bestsellers. I mean, what author doesn't want to sit at the number one spot on the New York Times? I mean, come on, what author doesn't want to be to sit in that number one spot on the USAT list, right? However, you know, when you reach this place of your writing is so shrouded by everything else you see and then you think it's not good enough then you then those visions kind of get far away right when you tell people oh yeah like I totally believe that my stories will end up on big screens and like you know it'll be produced it'll be you know it'll be animated and like all these people are gonna go to the movie theater and watch it and you know like there's like that little person in you that's like just wants to dream and dream and dream and then like you know if you face reality too much you you look at too many other people too much and it's like oh maybe I can't do that. Right. you know, I heard this story where it talks about how horses, when they're in, um, when they're in races, they have blinders on. And so when the race is about to begin, 
they can't see to the right. They can't see to the left. Now the writers can, you know, because us humans love comparisonitis, right? So we, you know, the writers can look at each other and like, oh, okay, you're my competition. I'm going to knock you out, right? <laughs> but, but the horses though, like the horses have blinders. And so all they can see is forward. All they can see is that end goal. All they can see is that finish line. And they have one job to do, run as fast as they can to achieve that goal of winning before any other horse next to them gets to it. And I think sometimes, you know, it's a silly, you know, it's a silly analogy, but it can ring true for us. You know, like if we, you can look around, but if you put your author blinders on, you say, okay, you know, maybe, yeah, in a decade, um, just because I'm not traditionally published doesn't mean I can't have a movie deal. Doesn't mean I can't, you know, stand on the big screen one day next to actors and actresses, you know, proud as can be because this this book child of mine that I cried and sweated over and had to cut out half the story and rewrite the other portion and you know, like go through so much editing, you know, my editor marked up the entire thing and I finally got it published, you know being able to say, oh, okay, like this is going to become this big thing or whatever that big dream is for you. Maybe it's touring around the world and meeting readers around the world and bookshops and coffee places and just talking about stories or making a lot of friends. You know, I think like once we can have those blinders on, once we can stop looking at each other so much, we can learn from one another. That is incredibly important. We're not saying go be a hermit. That is not how you win. <laughs> that is not how you win. Do not say, well, I was listening to Indie Author Lifestyle and uh, they said that I don't need to, you know, I don't need the help of anyone. No, 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 no. That's not what we're saying. <laughs> what we're saying is, you know, sometimes you can pull away from all of that and say, okay, this is what so-and-so is doing. This is what so-and-so is doing. What am I going to do? What is my strategy going to be? What does balance, as Angela was talking about, what does balance look like for me and how does that benefit me and push me towards my goals, towards my dreams? And I think that it's wise for us to dream big. I started the masterclass of, Lord, Sarah Blakely, I believe her name is. She is the CEO, founder she is the guru behind Spanx, okay? She is a self-made billionaire. She created Spanx all because she was like, I, I got to a point where I was sick and tired of not being able to wear white pants without being uncomfortable. And so she said that she went around and said, hey, what solutions do you have for a woman, you know, to wear white pants and still be flattering? And stores didn't have a solution. And so she cut out the holes, she cut out the feet from her stockings and she stuck it under her pants and then boom, there was there was the idea for Spanx born, right? And um and she just talked about like just just going for it, like dreaming, dreaming big and going to the top. And she was sharing how they, they had a, they had like this entrepreneur summit, right? And they had this exercise. Now y'all listen, some of these entrepreneurs do some crazy things. Okay. Like they have the money to do it and they do it. So they were at the top of these like cliffs. See the word cliffs already. It's like, that should belong in a book. You know, like you shouldn't mess with that in reality. <laughs> okay. All of these entrepreneurs, it's the CEOs and their teams, and they're all standing on cliffs. And there's this dude hanging from a bungee line, and he's just hanging over the water. And they're like, I mean, 
so many feet in the air, okay? Without a cord catching you, you'll die if you land in the rocks. Okay? So, so the whole thing was the team member and the entrepreneur had to run off the cliff and their goal was to land on their partner who was hanging over. Now, if he caught you, awesome. If not, you plunged into the cliffs and then this cord caught you, right? And so just watching it, my heart was like, right? And so all of these entrepreneurs, they're looking at him. And then so they're like, go. And so they run, they run off the cliff. They he goes to catch them. They miss, they tumble. Okay. And they're like dropping, I mean, feet after feet after feet and their body is just hanging over open water and rocks. Okay. Like that's all that's beneath them. I'm glad that cord was strong enough. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> okay. And so finally, when it was Sarah's turn, she said that she didn't look at his eyes. She looked, um, she looked at the pulley cord three feet above his head. And so when they said go, she ran and her focus was above his head so that when she jumped off, he caught her. She landed at his waist and, and he caught her. She was one of like the only few entrepreneurs who got caught. The rest of them all tumbled. And she explained how that was possible because she aimed high, right? She dreamed high. She looked high. And she was saying that as entrepreneurs, that if you're going to do something, go big, you know, the saying, go big or go home. And so I think for our listeners, I would encourage you, you know, don't just look at what you think is rational or logical and what you can see, but aim high, right? So all the authors in your playing field are probably like, okay, I can achieve bestseller status if I do X, Y, and Z. I can, you know, I can get you know, 25,000 subscribers and, you know, I can make, get, work my way up to this full-time um, income, 200K a year, maybe, or maybe more, but you can aim high. No, I want to have 300K a year. I want to be producing this amount of books a year. I want to pitch companies and maybe, you know, I can get this as an indie film or I can sell the, the rights, you know, to a bigger production company, whatever the case may be. I think that if we shoot high, then we are more likely to achieve those dreams. So I tend to be a really big dreamer, which is why I'm always like trying to encourage others too, because, you know, the worst regret is going back in life and being like, oh, I stopped dreaming. So I never achieved any of them because I stopped, you know, and a lot of authors do that. So I would encourage our listeners, put your blinders on and dream big. That analogy really just rings with me because when I was a teenager, I was obsessed with horses, like ridiculously obsessed. I knew everything about them. I was going to be a jockey and I was going to race horses. Okay. I was so excited about that. Like it was going to be a thing just because it, it's amazing. Like you have these amazing thoroughbred horses that are so high strung, they get excited and they are born just for that race, just to be out there running. And yeah, I was all about it. And so I love that thing about blinders too, because it just helps to just narrow that focus and really focus on that, that one thing that's most important, which for the horses is getting to the end of the race, but, um, and as fast as possible. So yeah, that, that definitely rings a bell and that whole dreaming big and taking risks, it can be so hard to do that. And this definitely goes back to our episode where we talked about mindset and setting goals, but it's just so important to take those risks and dream big and not be afraid to do something that's a little bit different. 
And my thing for this year that I'm doing this a little bit different now is um, I am changing the pricing on my books. I know it's very popular with indie authors to have a very, very low price for their books. Uh, I know 99 cents to start out with is great for a lot of reasons. And I'm definitely not knocking it. I think that the whole 99 cents is a great introductory price for, you know, warming up your readers and trying to take away the barriers to purchase that people have when they're trying out a new author. But I am just really just kind of tired of that whole, like, let me sell this book that I spent a year working on for 99 cents. Um, and, and my books are in the Kindle Unlimited program, so people can actually borrow them for free um, if they're in Kindle Unlimited and read them, and I get paid for page reads. And so my thing this year is working on the higher prices and just really warming up my fan base and helping them understand, like, you know, like I, I really want to write books and sell books in order to do that. I definitely have to break even on them. And, you know, if they want to read it on Kindle Unlimited, I'm more than happy. Go ahead and do that. Enjoy it. Knock yourself out. And I feel like I'm writing better books. And so they, they'll be able to read them a lot faster, but I also want to sell them at full price and then do promos for 99 cents and do like free promos every now and then, but just have those um, price discounts every now and then to really just focus more in on people who are just kind of waiting for that discount to take a risk. But I, I just don't want to always have my books be so very cheap and kind of build up that mindset that, hey, these books are just always gonna be cheap. I really wanna focus more on bringing in a higher quality of readers. I've also noticed that when my books are 99 cents, they tend to get poor reviews, which I think is because they're not hitting that, the right target audience. They are reaching people who are like, hey, this book's 99 cents, let me go ahead and read it, just because it is at that very low price point, and then they don't like it because it wasn't really the kind of book that they would have read anyway. It's just that they saw the sale and they did that. Um, and so... I mean, that can be both good and bad. I can also reach people that they didn't think that it was going to be their kind of book and then they read it and, you know, then it ended up being something that they loved and there was a fan for life. So there's that too. But I really want to focus more on the, the better quality readers and then also making more money from book sales. And then if I'm not selling more, then really getting more page reads because hopefully that will encourage people to borrow the book and actually read it versus waiting for a sale to go. So I think that's my more of a risk for the year, um, what, what I'm doing. And then also doing pre-orders again, which I haven't done pre-orders in so long, but now that Amazon lets you do pre-orders for up to a year, that's another risk that I'm taking just to see how it goes. So far, so good, I think. But um, when my next release comes out in February, I will have more details to share on that and whether the risks are paying off or it's something where, you know, like my partner didn't catch me, I'm tumbling down the cliffs to the water. <laughs> <laughs> Which yeah, is no. so crazy that they did like something like that. Like that's just like, wow. <laughs> yeah, no, listen, I watched the video and I was like, I would be that person that stayed on the cliff. Like, no. No, I, no, <laughs> just, I just, they were so, I think it's the very fact that they were so high, like any normal person would look down and be like, so you want to tumble to your death kind of thing. 
okay. <laughs> like, I just, I mean, kudos to them. And, you know, obviously the lesson was huge, you know what I mean? Like, but, you know, it's all about where are you looking, you know? But, yeah, I just don't know if I would be brave enough. Because um, <laughs> just watching the video is a hard no. So, like, <laughs> I don't know if in real life I'd be able to do it. But, yeah, no, like, with risks and stuff, um, I've realized, I think for me, when it comes to risk it's more so just like just doing me um instead of like focusing on okay so and so is releasing these kinds of stories or they're doing a serial or they're doing trilogies or they're doing duologies and that's working in YA so let me do that and or instead of like you know looking up what is everybody in YA doing right now like what's working for these traditional publishers and for their authors what are these authors getting out you know what are the things that they're putting into place to really connect with readers and all of that I think for me I spent 2016 through 2019 trying to do that and it did not work <laughs> it did not work I published took it down I wrote I stopped I second-guessed myself I never let the stories come out I never put the stories out into the world and so 2020 has come and I'm like no I'm going to carve out my own path this year um that's what we're doing and so for me um I'm learning from you putting up my covers, pre-selling it, writing my story as I go, and just cruising. I think I told myself that this decade will be the adventurous decade for me. Here's to a decade of adventure. And um, I did start the book Year of Yes by Shonda Rhimes. I'm, tr I'm trying very hard to finish <laughs> the book. <laughs> okay. I'm making my way through slowly. I will say, though, it did inspire me enough to be like, okay, this isn't technically my year of yes, but it is my year of Stephanie, right? In the sense of like, what I feel is of benefit to what I'm doing as far as like writing and putting out stories that readers love, I'm going to do, you know? And so I just, I have a long list of books that I want to get written in the next 11 and a half months. <laughs> I can't even say 12 anymore. It's already 11 and a half. Um, I have, I, you know, I do want, I think I am going to do, you know how like uh, when you released, oh, was it the blended ones? I believe it was the blended ones where you had like a little book signing and people came and you had like, you know, your books and you had some swag and then you talked about it. So I do believe that'll be the, this will be the year that I do that as well. Ooh. Yeah. And then also like virtual launch parties just because they're fun. Not even for like a, oh, this is strategically awesome. No, I'm just trying to have fun. I'm trying to write stories. I'm trying to have fun and make good money off my stories, period. And so... <laughs> And so I'm excited about that. It's different. You know, it's different. It's unconventional. I'm not looking at numbers. I'm not looking at, oh, the ROI of this. And if you, you know, if you put in this amount of time and you do ads on this platform for this, you reach this amount of people, you target these people, then you should get the, if you're, okay, so to my listeners, I'm doing like a whole lot of swirly hands here. I'm not doing all, <laughs> I'm not doing all of that. I am writing. I am throwing up the covers, pre-order. If you want to, you know, support your girl and know that it's going to be an awesome story, I'm going to write it and readers will be happy. Readers will be fun and I'm going to enjoy it. And I think that that way, when you do things like that, it's interesting because risks can be scary, but they're also attached to fun and they're also attached to your peace of mind because you realize you're back in the driver's seat. 
you're in control of what's going on you know what's happening and you're like okay metal to the pedal let's go <laughs> you know so i just i encourage our listeners let this be the year that you stop playing small with yourself and stop playing small with your stories and stop playing small with what you want to do you know what i mean and angela's right you know charging premium prices Listen, if you spend, you know, you said you, you spent a year writing the book, but let's just be honest. Books really take like three years, okay? That idea hit you three years ago, and you've been like working around with it, thinking about those characters, thinking about that world, and eventually it came to fruition and it ended up on paper. So in all true, all essence, okay, it takes about three years to write a novel. <laughs> so there should be no reason there's there's like this fear to charge more for it because it's all of this work going into you know this book not granted there are voracious readers who will read that in one night you know and it's like oh okay well there goes three years of work read you know read in one evening but um you know i i just i i applaud that you know go go higher you know like I, i'll see some books they'll be like 600 pages such an amazing story 99 cents and i'm like I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't see why you would do that to yourself, you know, not if you want to live off the things, you know what I mean? And so I just, I think for our listeners, risk is important. Dreaming is important. And I know we always talk about strategy or like different tactics on how to be better in these and be more successful. But I think that is part of all of that is knowing who you are as a writer, knowing what kind of author you want to be. And knowing what does success look like for you, right? What dreams are intertwined in that vision of success? And what risks are you willing? I said risks. What risks okay. <laughs> are you willing to take <laughs> to see them come to fruition? You know, like what are you willing to do to become the author you desire to be, not what others are trying to be for themselves? Yeah. And I could not have said that better myself. And, you know, it's not always all about money. Like, and I think that's one of the important things when we think about success and what that means to us. Like, of course, I want to get to that point where I'm making a million dollars a year off of my books. Like that would be amazing. Um, but I think to me success, and this like really goes back to like when I was a teenager, one of the things that I thought to myself when I was thinking about life, I thought to myself, like, I really want to enjoy it and I want to have no regrets. And no regrets means that I dream big and I take risks because one of the things that I usually always regret is the fact that I didn't take a risk mm -hmm. and I played it safe and I stayed in my corner and I stayed in my lane and I did not have adventure. And that always makes me feel like really, like I always regret the times when people are like, oh, you want to do that? And I go, oh, no, I'm going to stay at home. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm going to go, I'm going to do it. I'm going to live. I'm going to have fun. It's going to be great. And like, I always get really good stories out of it. It is awesome. Um, so I think that whole like taking risk and dreaming big is really important. And to me, it's all about joy. Like I want to do things that make me happy, that I really enjoy it and I have fun. And I want to have fun throughout the entire process. And so for me, writing is really fun. I enjoy writing. I enjoy recording videos for my audience and sticking them up on YouTube, even though it's just me talking about something crazy. 
Uh, and I really enjoy writing my newsletters out and like sharing all the fun things with them. And I like taking pictures of my books and I love it when I have a book that comes in the mail and it's the first time I get to hold it in my hands and I just want to cry because I'm so excited. And I love it when my editor sends me a book back and says that she enjoyed it so much and these are all the changes that are going to make it better and make it perfect so people can read it. So like it's that entire process. Like finding joy in all the things, I think that's so important. And to me, that means success. And of course, you're going to find out what success means for you. But like joy is a big part of that success, at least in my book. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And so this is just, I know this is a different episode for our listeners who are probably like, oh, well, where's the strategy? If you listen carefully, you got some, huh? <laughs> okay. We did drop some nuggets in there. So listen again if you missed it. But, um, you know, this was a different episode, but we just wanted to encourage our listeners because oftentimes it can, the world of writing can be turned into the world of numbers and we forget all about the words and we just forget about the numbers that gets those words everywhere. And it's like, oh, but that's not the real, that's not where the joy is at, right? Like Angela was saying, it's, it's in the process. It's you know, as you're writing and you're discovering who your characters are and you're like, whoa, you know, it's like seeing your little bits of yourself in them or seeing little bits of, you know, people you care for, just situations you've encountered or been in, in your story as, you know, you see them unfolding and you're like, whoa, what? You know, it's having readers have that same reaction and you guys are able to converse about that and talk about, you know, the meaning behind it and, you know, the lessons you've learned and kind of like the, the encouragement that you receive, you know, because a book is entertaining, you know, if you can read through and you have fun, you, you close and you walk away. But a book has meaning and it's life-changing when you can step back and you can say, whoa, I learned something that changed me after this. Like I read this and I learned something and I'll be different because of it. And so like that process and just going through all of it, um, it's awesome, you know, and you have to open yourself up to that. And that comes through just you know, being in a place where other people may think you're cuckoo sometimes until the book is published and they're like, oh, maybe you weren't crazy after all. No, I wasn't. I knew I was sane the entire time. I just, I knew it would take you guys some time to keep up, <laughs> you know? So I think, I think it's awesome. I hope our listeners just really get that element of it's okay to dream. It's okay to risk, take risks and if you've not defined success for yourself, if you if you don't even know what your dreams are, if you're kind of just like winging it, take some time, like pause at what you're doing and take some time and say like, what do I want to accomplish here? Like if I could accomplish anything, if there were no obstacles to me getting whatever I desired, what would that desire look like? You know, what would it be in the shape of? For me, one of those would be having a theme park after my after my world like harry potter oh what you're dreaming that big yes i am if jk rowling can do it so can i so, i think that's I mean? such a cool dream i never even considered that but that's an amazing dream i like that yeah you know what i mean it's just like it's going big like i want to be on the i want to have the stories on the big screen not because you know i think i'm just you know i'm all that in a bag of potato chips um <laughs> but more so just because I know the stories that I'm writing. I know the messages that are in it. 
And I know the demographic of people that it will change if they can see it, because when they see the story, they'll see themselves. Um, if you pay attention to social cultures and um, just conversations, at least in the United States of America and what's going on with social justice here, you know, you can read between the lines of what I'm saying by it'll resonate with a certain group of people who don't really often see themselves in fantasy and on covers and on the big screen at at least in the powerful light that they would want to be in. And so that's why I dream too. It's not just for myself, but it's like, no, I want others to be able to look at a book cover and see themselves. I want others to go to the movie theater and see themselves. I want, you know, people to walk through a theme park and go on a roller coaster and be like, oh my gosh, this is after, you know, this is named after my favorite villain. <laughs> You know what I mean? You know, for them to have a drink from one of the restaurants that is a recipe in the story itself, you know? So it's just, it's just one of those things where it's like, dream big, you know, go hard, go big or go home, you know what I mean? <laughs> and so I hope this encourages you and like uplifts you to go, you know, think outside the box, think outside the box. You're not just writing a story, you're creating a new world and there are endless possibilities in this lifetime for that world. Absolutely. And I have a challenge for our listeners. If you'll come across to the show notes, indieauthorlifestyle.com forward slash 016, and just leave a comment. Let us know what you learned in 2019, uh, what your vision for success is, what your big dream is, and then what is one risk that you're taking in 2020 to help you get further and much closer to your dreams. That's it for me. Yeah, that's it for me too. So guys, we hope this is encouraging to you and we will catch you on the next episode. See you next time. The journey to becoming a full-time author on your own terms doesn't have to be lonely or hard. We have an awesome community where we chat daily, write together, and motivate each other. To be part of this vibrant community of indie authors living their best bookish life on their own terms, go to indieauthorlifestyle.com forward slash inner circle for more information. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd love to hear more from you. Leaving a rating or a review helps us to create more great content like this. Be sure to rate this episode and subscribe to the show. Thanks for listening to the Indie Author Lifestyle Show. See you inside the community.